This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Five-hour tea with caffeine from Green Tea Leaves. It's delicious, energizing, and comes in three amazing flavors. With zero sugar and four calories, it fits your life. With its compact size and portability, it goes where you go. To the campsite, the hiking trail, the beach, without weighing you down. Five-hour tea. Caffeine from Green Tea Leaves. Release your natural sight. From the makers of Five-Hour Energy. For more information, visit fivehourenergy.com. Calm. Take the baseline out. Uh huh. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. Let it bump though. Uh-huh. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Hardwood Knocks. Uh, today, we are extremely happy to have with us a guest. Uh, he's the social media director of Three Shades of Blue. His name is Jason Rossalot. Uh, you might know him better on Twitter as Fletch. Um, to me, he is synonymous with Fletch on Twitter, with the Fletch Avi, and Fletch as his Twitter name. Um, Jason, how are you doing today? Doing great. How are you today, Andy? I am good. And I just to <laughs> stick on this Fletch thing a little longer. What a just a true comedy classic that is. One of the greatest all-time movies. That's <laughs> so underrated. I love early Chevy Chase. Um, like eighties, nineties Chevy Chase is is among my. Uh, Hello, I'm Joe Cordell of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. At Cordell & Cordell, we encourage our clients to participate, to recognize how essential their role in this process is. They've got to be willing to help us help them. And by working jointly in a sort of partnership, we're more likely to get the best possible outcome for our clients. And that's really the standard that our clients can fairly hold us to, is what is the best possible outcome for them. So clients who are facing divorce need to recognize that for them to succeed, they need a partnership, a partnership between them and their attorney. The attorneys at Cordell & Cordell work to help men maximize their role in their children's lives. Contact the domestic litigation firm of Cordell & Cordell to schedule an appointment with one of our firm's San Francisco area attorneys, a partner men can count on. 650-389-1111. Online at CordellCordell.com. That's CordellCordell.com. Offices in San Francisco, San Mateo, and San Jose. Se habla español. Legal services available in English and Spanish. Kimberly Llewellyn licensed in California. It's an animal farm. You cannot go wrong. Yes, those are both amazing. Classics. Um, anyway, Three Shades of Blue, as you guys probably already know, is a Memphis Grizzlies blog. They, they do great work covering the Grizzlies. Um, Bore, or, I almost called you Beauregard. That's, that's Jason's Twitter handle as well. So we've got three different ways to call Jason uh, whatever we want here. Um, we go a ways back on Twitter. We've, we've talked about the Grizz quite a bit over the years, so I'm, I'm really happy to have you on. Um, my first question for you is just sort of a general overview of what you thought of Memphis's offseason. They didn't they didn't go out and proactively do a whole ton. I think the biggest thing was probably losing Zach Randolph and Tony Allen, who've been 
sort of Memphis staples for, I don't know, five or six years now. Um, what's just sort of your general read on, on how the offseason went for Memphis? Yeah, it was a little uh, different than what we were used to. Instead of going out and trying to get huge free agent names, the the, the biggest offseason uh, thing around here really was the retention of Jermichael Green and the role he's filled with the team. Um, that was probably the number one concern for the franchise. It's definitely trying to get that deal done. They put in the offer for him, uh, the qualifying offer because he's a restricted free agent. And they literally just worked out the final deal about 10 days ago. So that was, that was a little, uh, uh, had people on, on, uh, pins and needles around here. Then of course, losing Zach and, and, and of course, Vince Carter, that's another one, uh, that rejoined their old, yeah. uh, coach in Sacramento, uh, that, that was a little tough. And that really came down to, they wanted to keep Zach, but it was the money, uh, 24 million for two years. There's, there's no way they could have paid that. We just didn't have the cap room. There was yeah. just no way. So, uh, he definitely cashed in on that and you can't, you can't blame him at this point in his career. He, he kind of chased the money on that. But it hurt. Uh, they, uh, Tony and, and he were, were staples in the city of Memphis, so that definitely hurt when they left. Um, other than other than that, they really went out and, and, and signed a ton of unknown young guys, as we yeah. call them around here. So, do you feel like it hurt um, losing Allen and Randolph uh, in a basketball sense, or more of just like a culture and um, fan base sense? I've been, I love those guys. Uh, anybody knows I'm, I'm, I'm big, big Tony and, and big Zach guys, but it was more at this point in a, in a culture sense for what they've done for the city. As a matter of fact, they announced yesterday, they're going to uh, hang Tony's uh, Jersey from the rafters, which I thought was classy. Yeah, that's cool. uh, people, people just didn't kind of understand, you know, why they were doing that for Zach and Tony, but it's what they mean to the, the city outside of just basketball. Uh, they're, they're icons here. Either one could run for mayor. I'm pretty sure they would win. That's how much they mean to this city. So losing them as, as ambassadors uh, was definitely more than, than what they did on the game. Of course, with Fizz's coaching style up and down and the way he wants to run, honestly, they just, it, they, they would slow the game down for him. Yeah. So it wasn't, you know, on the court, I don't think it'll be a big of loss as people are, are kind of making out to be when they don't watch as much Grizzlies, uh, I saw Hubie call the Rockets game on Monday, and he was kind of mentioning the old, you know, grit and grind. But that's been dead for a couple of years now. You know, the defense is just not the way it used to be, and the offense flows completely different now. They want to get up and down. Yeah, well, I would definitely vote for Mayor uh, Grindfather if I was in Memphis. Um, <laughs> he would win. He would win definitely. <laughs> Another. So you mentioned a big off-season storyline that I kind of glossed over. Uh, Jermichael Green. Um, Dan Favalli, who usually co-hosts the pod with me, like I mentioned, um, he is a big, big Jermichael Green guy. And I can, I can see why. I think he's pretty versatile. He can hit a three, uh, which is you know, obviously a big deal for power forwards these days. Um, his, his raw numbers don't really leap off the page right now, but I, I can definitely see why people are high on this guy. What do you think about Jermichael Green, and are you uh, pleased they were able to work that deal out finally? Full disclosure, I'm pleased because not only is he uh, one of my favorite Grizz, he lives three houses down from me. So oh. <laughs> he's he's actually my neighbor. So we talk quite often. Love the guy. Best attitude of any NBA player I've ever been around, and I've, I've been around multiple ones. Just a, a, a work ethic um, that's come from his time, you know, from high school up. Uh, the reason he went to Alabama was to, to stay home uh, from Montgomery area down in Alabama. So he wanted to stay home. And he put in the time and he just never found the um, really just never found 
the latch on, even when he was with the Spurs, Pop uh, didn't want to let him go, but they had to let him go. So really, this is only his third official year in the league. Uh-huh. And that's kind of the year breakout year, if you think about it, because people say, well, he's 27. Right. But he's this is literally his third full year in the league. And he's he's done everything. He's gone to the D League. He's done everything the coaches could. Uh, two and a half years ago, um, we were at a, a tennis event that Coach Yeager sponsors for youth tennis. And all of the coaches, the first question I asked him, you know, how's the team look? Who's looking good? And and everybody said, you know, Jermichael Green, watch out for him. He is he's literally on the verge of breaking out big. Fizz saw it. Fizz put him in the starting lineup, replaced Zebo in the starting lineup with him, and it it really is a difference. He's so athletic. You know, he's a double-double guy, kind of a 10-10 and 10, uh, consistent guy that can hit a three, that can hit an open shot. But I look for him to really have a monster season this year. In this offense, he will thrive. Yeah, so this is the second time you've kind of mentioned the different offense with Fizdale. And I, I think the biggest thing – at least in my eyes, that that did was like fully unleash Mike Conley in a way that he's never been unleashed before. Um, but it also utilizes guys like Jamichael Green in a different way than than I think Grizzlies fans are used to seeing. And like you said, it's kind of been shifting towards that for the last two or three years. But I think um, I feel like Fizz kind of put the the transition from grit and grind to more of an, an up tempo system in overdrive. Um, how do you feel about Coach Fizdale? I, I feel like it's it's gone pretty well in, in the one season that he's been there it's it's definitely gone well the city's embraced him um it's always hard with with change but the the players bought in immediately last year and that was something that when dave took over i've always kind of had the evaluation that when dave took over of course he was a longtime assistant with the grizzlies when coach Aker took over and it was almost like a substitute teacher becoming your full-time teacher and honestly there was a lot of do they really respect this guy like you would a head coach that came off the street like they did Fisdale. Fisdale had the pedigree with LeBron and Dwayne Wade. The guys immediately, you know, paid attention to exactly what he was saying because, you know, he has the rings. He had the rings with the, the Heat, and that that really is what the guys want. So they immediately bought in with him. Where Jaeger actually wanted, I've had, had this conversation with him multiple times. He wanted to play this exact offense, and he just hit a stone wall. After about five games, the guys were like, "No, we're just not going to run up and down." So they went back to the grit grind, slow it down, and you know, 84 points in a cloud of dust and, and win a game. <laughs> 84 points in a cloud of dust. That's a good way to describe that. Oh, um, oh is it? That, the, you know, the, the up and down now, you're, it's literally like watching ping pong with this team. The fans aren't used to it. It's like, wow, we're shooting with – there's 17 seconds on the shot clock and we're putting it up. <laughs> like, well, you know, if it's the best shot and he's wide open, they're going to do that this year. It's, it's, it's actually fun to watch. It's something different. The fans will have to get used to it here. Yeah, I like a good – switch as a basketball fan like it's it's nice to have a culture established like Memphis did for so long with Tony Allen and Zach Randolph as we've mentioned a couple times um but I think it kind of became clear that they had hit their ceiling with that model and so I I totally understand why they've kind of switched things up um how do you feel like it's uh working with the main guys Mike Conley and Mark Gasol I I definitely think it's helped Conley I don't think there's any arguing that but just generally, how are those two guys adapting to the new style? Well, generally, at, at nine to ten years in the league, you don't see a guy consistently getting better every year. But yeah. Conley has improved every single year. And it's it's almost a testament uh, to, to where he came from because he was always you know the second guy on, on his high school team to Greg Oden. He was always second guy in college. When he came out, it was kind of when they drafted him, people here didn't – we had Kyle Lowry. So they were like, why did we draft another point guard? 
But when you meet Mike and you meet Mike Sr., his dad, you know, you know exactly why. It's the right fit. He has the right attitude. His work ethic is is there. He works harder than anyone, and he's humble. And and you can't, there, you just can't put enough value on him. But he works. And in this offense, um, the the funniest part is actually uh, it, this started a couple of years ago during all the injury run when Birdman came, and when Chris Anderson came, you actually saw him use his backside to set some screens for Conley to just 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 to brush a guy where Conley could go to the basket. And when I talked to Mike, I said, man, uh, you seem to like playing with Chris. He said, uh, my other guys just don't do that. And I'm thinking, <laughs> he he's absolutely re- he's right. Over the years, I've never seen uh, Mark or Zach or Tony or any of the guys set, set that kind of just, just a little brush screen, just enough for him to use his speed to get by. And he, he was going to the basket just – it was crazy. So um, I feel really opened that up and, and has used that athleticism that, that Conley has and – you know, once again, there's always the talk of, well, he should be on the all-star team. But then you look at that Western point guard yeah, uh, thing in front of him. But you, you take it for for what it is. And, and we're just we're happy to have him. And Gasol, too, uh, under Fizz, you know, he's, he's, it's a little different because he's he's shooting threes. He's he's being a little further out on the perimeter. He's doing some things to help open up the offense. And, and both those guys have thrived under this um, offensive set for sure. He's almost like a wing. Uh, Gasol is almost like a wing offensively now. That's his his strength. He's really worked on it. And people kind of gave him a lot of grief last year for his rebounding, but they got to remember he was coming off a broke foot. Yeah. Uh, right into the season, and and the biggest thing, uh, the conversation last year is, will he ever be the same player again? Not only has he exceeded that, he's he's really stepped up his game, and you know he can really uh, versatility there is is, is great. And one of the interesting stories going on around here is, is going to be the backup situation. We've got a young guy in, in Daytona Davis that that came from uh, Michigan State, really young, really raw, a lot of talent there, but you just don't know what you're going to get. But we finally have a healthy Brandon Wright. Yeah. And that guy's athleticism the other night in the Houston game, you could see it. He ran up and down the court. I mean, he's jumping over the rim. Houston didn't have an answer for him. The offense actually ran almost better against Houston when Brandon was in with the starters because he was pushing it so hard. And they're like, "What? Wait a second! This is the Grizzlies. Why are they running up and down? <laughs> you know, alley oop, just just things that you just don't see. And that athleticism and that role's definitely going to pay off against uh, against teams with matchups later in the year. There was a there was a brief moment there. It was it was when he was on the Mavericks right before he went to the Grizzlies. It looked like Brandon Wright was going to become one of those prototypical. Um, dive to the rim type of offensive guys, like high 60s field goal percentage. And then uh, all of a sudden he just had all these injury problems in Memphis. So if he's healthy, it was, man. It was terrible. You know, he, he had the injuries and then uh, they ended up setting him out the full year and claimed the insurance off the year, which I understand he could have came back with a month in that 28-man roster season of, <laughs> of uh, tire fire. And they said, no, just it's not even worth you trying to rush back. And uh, – let him set out the rest of that year. Then he came back last year, same thing, got hurt early um, in, in camp and just, I think, gave us eight or 12 games. or so. It was just, just a small amount. And they just have not got to see what he can do. But when he's in, the athleticism's it's crazy. He can he can jump, run, uh, you know, up close. He's, he's, he's good around the basket. And that's the thing with Fizz, too. He's worked with all these players on, on getting range on their shot. As a matter of fact, he worked with Zebo so hard, I saw Zebo put up a three <laughs> against Blake Griffin last night. And I thought, yeah. wow. You know, I think this guy shot five threes one year, and now he's putting them up and making them. So it's like, wow. 
you can tell Everybody's that they've really put in the work. Out now, yeah, they have to with the with the, the way the roster runs. But I really use that Houston game as a, a landmark because you know Chris Paul and, and James Harden have consistently killed them driving in and, and just destroying whoever they're who's whoever's playing on the wing. And and Andrew Harrison was able to even slow them down a little bit, which is a that's a whole nother controversy around here. We have to cut two players. The roster is, is, is thick. And we have, uh, right now we actually have, I believe 21 guys. We've got to get it down to 17 with the two, two way players. Those have already been named. So basically, um, you're, you're going to be cutting between Baldwin, Martin Harrison, um, or maybe somebody else. I doubt we'd cut one of the rookies we just signed. Um, they're really high on those young men. So, uh, and that's Dylan Brooks and Ivan Rab that they uh, actually bought into the draft to, to uh, draft this year. We didn't have a pick, so they went in the second round and picked those guys up. So that's going to be interesting. What do you think about Harrison? He he had to log a lot of minutes um, last season. He's almost certainly not going to play that same role this year, but I, I think that might actually be good for him. That actually, I think, will be good for him. Uh, you, and you'll notice this with and, – and the same thing with, with James Ennis – you put these guys in with the starters and their production goes through the roof. You put them in with all second string guys or, or even some, you know, third string type, you know, five minutes and, and they just struggle. But the, the real upside with Harrison, the coaches trust him. His defense is good. Doesn't have a consistent shot. He'll get streaky and he'll hit some and he'll, he'll get streaky and, 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 and miss some. But the one thing with him is at least they'll have to respect, they'll have to step out to guard him. Uh, um, you know, I love Tony, but he'd sit out there at the three point line and they would be 15 foot off of him, just begging yeah. him to shoot. They have to respect um, Andrew in that way. And I'm hoping that he's that I'm hoping that he makes the right. There's a spot for him. There's a role for him on this team. Um, I like Wade Baldwin, but you know, he's, he's not really showed anything. And, and Martin's a, a power forward that just has not picked it up defensively still looks a little lost in the defensive end and uh, being your third year in the league and, and his same thing. He came in with injuries in his foot. So he missed, this was the first summer league he was able to play this year in three years, but he's just still a kind of a project. He started playing basketball late in high school and it shows he's still growing, but um, for, if I had a roster spot, I think I would give it to Andrew at this point to back up uh, Mario, Mario Chalmers as well, you know, back him up in that backup point guard spot um with mike and and just just roll with it how has uh chalmers looked through training camp this is a guy who missed all of last season with an achilles injury right oh it was a horrible horrible he was set to get paid i mean you're talking 10 to 12 million a year and he was the one bright spot after mike had, had got hurt that year and, and hurt the foot and ankle uh mario stepped up huge and and looked like okay well we can make a we can still be okay with mario at the helm and then he popped that Achilles and your heart just broke for him because you knew uh, that injury is just, yeah. that's just one of the hardest it's injuries to come back from. It's for basketball. Uh, especially with his style, you know, the, the quick step and the, yeah. you know, going to the basket. Uh, and But the interesting part is when they had a scrimmage here uh, two weeks ago, like a blue-gray scrimmage for the Grizzlies. The one thing that I wanted to see, I want to see two things. I want to see, A, can Chandler Parsons do anything? And B, is Mario, can he is he lost enough quickness? Is he still able? And so the one thing that they did is they let um, Mario guard uh, Conley probably 50% of the game. So almost a, almost a half, it was Mike on Mario. And he was able to keep up with Mike well enough that it, it shocked me, actually. I, I thought he'd be a little bit slower. He's not as quick as he was, but he's definitely going to be a serviceable backup point guard. And, of course, you've got all that – 
veteran leadership there. Great locker room guy here. Um, really embrace the city. The fans love him here, and and he'll do well in that role. So I, I was uh, I was pleased. It was a very friendly contract too um, that he was willing to sign. It was only a one year deal, but. It, it helps him and helps us. If he does well, he can move on and probably get another contract or or they'll step up and pay him a little bit more for a couple of years to be a, a backup here. Yeah, that's always tough when uh, a guy misses out on – because I, I agree with you. I think he was about to get paid. You just hate to see injuries like that at that time. Uh, hate injuries for anybody, but that's yeah. exceptionally tough. Uh, when he was having such a phenomenal year at that point, he had yeah. – he was kind of floundering in Miami during that trade, and he came up here and, and just stepped everything up, even his three-point shooting, the, the driving to the basket, everything. It was it was all set up for him until he popped that Achilles. It was a rough injury to watch. Another guy you mentioned, uh, I'm going to double back a little bit, kind of one of those bubble guys. Um, Dylan Brooks is somebody who I, I think rightly draft analysts questioned his uh, athleticism and sort of his create-your-own-shot type of abilities. Um, but he's just one of those guys who seems to know how to hoop. Um, and you, it sounds like you said that the, the coaching staff is pretty high on him already. So what, what they, do you think they, about his future? Uh, Fizz just praises on him. There's, there's a lot of love for him. He's got a good shot. The biggest thing with him was his quickness off the ball uh, to be able to, to take a dribble, uh, beat a guy, and then, then do a shot instead of just sitting there and doing a, a wide open, you know, catch and shoot. Yeah. And the first thing they did here is work on his quickness. And, and that's, we've seen this a lot. They did it with Jordan Adams when he came here, especially with his weight until his knee injury and, and to get him with that quicker first step. And you can already tell it. You can tell his muscle mass. You can tell his leanness. He's, he's definitely, uh, looks like he's lost five to 10 pounds, put on a little more muscle mass and picked up a step of quickness. And that's what you want to see because uh, that's the, the the thing with him. He's he's a good shooter. Nobody questions his shooting. Actually plays fair defense, which is something that they didn't look at before. But he got a ton of minutes the other night, and the coaches are definitely giving him a look. Now, one of the great things that happened here this season is our, our G League team is now in South Haven, Mississippi, called the Memphis Hustle. Uh-huh. That is only literally – 15 minutes away from the forum where the Grizzlies yeah, play. That's a lot better. So it's amazing because we were an Iowa before uh, in that, you know, you had to fly. They can practice with the, the main team during the day and then go down and play uh, at, at the nighttime in South Haven and then come back and pack, you know, practice with the, the team the next day. And they don't miss that time. And you could tell these guys would have, you know, it's like, oh, wow, they went to the, 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 Iowa Energy last year and scored 27 points, and then three days later they fly them back, and, and you know, they haven't played a minute with the guys that they're on the court with. Mm-hmm. That's a real advantage. And with the young guys, I, I laugh because I'm, I'm a big uh, I'm a big hustle fan uh, as well. So I, I think we're going to be the G League champions because we literally have a summer league all star team <laughs> that's going to be <laughs> that's going to be playing down there. It's going to be fun to watch the young guys develop. A lot of raw talent there, and and they've hedged their bets on them too, Andy. They've they really said, you know, we've not been strong in the draft at all. Um, and, and the way I always judge the draft is I look uh, and see what player was picked after the the pick you made, and did we really miss the mark on somebody? The the Hashim Thabit, did we miss the mark on Steph Curry and James yeah. Harden and you know twenty other guys in the draft? That uh, did you miss the mark on that that pick and. Even with ball ones, we looked at it the other day. After 16, there's just not there wasn't a lot of depth in that draft. It was a very weak draft uh, coming out. There just wasn't those guys. But they went out and got uh, Davis, and they went and got uh, Rade Zagarots from uh, 
the international pool. They went and picked him up, who actually is on a contract and going to play some minutes for the team. So that that depth is going to be crazy this year. Yeah, and if you find a guy in the draft at Brooks's spot, that's just like found money at that point. That's it. You take a chance on him all day, and plus having this developmental team and with Coach Cyprian, Coach Cyprian, uh, Glenn Cyprian, uh, coach with the Memphis Tigers, and of course been with the Grizzlies for a few years. He runs the same offensive sets. He runs everything the way the Grizzlies run it. So you can put that guy in, or you can put a couple of young guys in to get that uh, to get that experience. And it's a good way too. I mean, even though Harrison's older uh, than most of the rookies, you could put him down for a few games just to keep him fresh and getting playing time. If if you slow the roster down, so there's some there's that that G League uh, affiliate with us has definitely been a home run, and and they've done it. Uh, first class too, the way that they've set it all up with the revamping of the locker rooms and everything here, the um, ownership group, Apera, they put a ton of money into a new scoreboard. The arena's just awesome. The uh, new locker rooms, new workout rooms. Uh, Para's always said, you know, you can't maybe put more money in the cap, but you know, you can do it with coaches. You can hire coaches, you can hire training staff, you can put money in the facilities and the NBA doesn't cap that. So that's where they put the money and put the investment. I think that's awesome. If you have an owner who's willing to sort of spend around the salary cap, that's really cool. And another thing that I, I, I think a lot of franchises are doing this now, you bring that D-League team, basically bring them to the same city. It sounds like you know, 15 minutes is pretty much the same city. Um, right. And it opens up a lot of those things that you talked about being able to well, San Antonio, that was their, that was, that's where they, you know, they moved them back and forth and, and it's worked really well there and they've developed some guys out of that. And, and if you can take that undrafted, uh, we've got a couple of undrafted guys that are just raw talent, like a, like a Kobe Simmons, uh, you watch him play and you think, you know, uh, this, there, there's a spot for him in the NBA. He's, he's, he's raw, but he's got the pure skill set. If they can develop that, and 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 that's that's what that league is there for, and the way that the, the the pay structure too in the G League now, uh, they're really working on that to where they can keep these guys. That's going to be huge in the future because then I don't think you'll see uh, some of the guys bail off and go to Europe. Um, Whitley Kemp was a player that that's from Memphis and and he got uh, drafted by a team in Indonesia and I was talking to him I was, he said yeah the draft was this morning and I was like well, where are you going Indonesia you ever been there <laughs> no like you know I, he would definitely rather play around here if but the money they can't leave yeah. that money sitting there DJ Stephan same thing a local player from Memphis that's kind of kicked around the NBA uh, he just can't he can't leave that money on there he'll go play in Greece or Turkey and and uh, and and watch SpongeBob cartoons in in a, a foreign language. It's it's a different world for them. There was a long time that uh, it was like twenty five grand a year to play in the D League, yeah. and I think the two way contracts will help with that. And hopefully, they can just structure it so everyone gets paid a little bit more because it's there are definitely overseas markets that are way more attractive than that. Oh, and, and in Tennessee, they used to have a tax on that. It was a pro; they considered you a pro athlete, and there was oh a higher gosh. tax. <laughs> These poor guys, and they they finally looked at it and said, "Wait a second, yeah, that's this, brutal." You know, we cannot. There's going to have to be a set amount. We cannot tax somebody an extra ten or fifteen percent when they're you yeah, know, pulling like in thirty thirty thousand to play basketball. It's 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 ridiculous. So yeah, they they corrected that. Originally, it's put in for the Titans years ago, but uh, they they were hitting some of the. It's like. Wow, some of these guys barely make enough to get by on, and uh, that's another thing the Grizzlies have invested in is kind of a community relations part where they really, with the NBA, have paired up to teach the young guys how to manage their their finances, and that's a that's something that they they're 
pretty strong on around here about coaching them up. That's why that's another reason I love Jermichael. He's, he's humble. He didn't outspend what he was making. The, the qualifying offer this year was, I believe, $2.8 million for his qualifying restricted free agent offers, more money than he's made in his entire career. Huh. So even if he took that for one year, he was going to make more than he made in the three and a half years he'd been bouncing around the NBA. So the deal that he signed on uh, was around 16.8. There's 16 to 17 million range but that was that worked well for him and worked well for the grizzlies very cap friendly for us when they were projecting him to get 10 to 12 million in the offseason if you can get him for eight you sign that deal all day long absolutely and it's cool to see guys who've been grinding for six or seven years finally get that payday it's it's amazing it's all about fit and 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 pop has always been uh, great about talking about michael he 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 wished he could have kept him they just didn't have the roster spot and that's a great that's a great story for the NBA. That's where you're going to have to go out. Your general managers are going to have to go out and, and find the, the young men that just kind of fall through the cracks. Maybe they were a smaller college. Maybe they were, uh, you know, uh, somebody that got a knee injury or, or just didn't get drafted. And the Grizzlies have done that. We also have Wayne Selden. He's He's got a little bit of a injury right now, so he's missed the last couple of games, but he should be ready to go for opening night. And he's excelled. Um, our, our GM loves Kansas six Kansas guys, apparently. So uh, we, we have a ton of them on the roster. That's one of the moves I made in the offseason, too. We went out to Sacramento and we signed Ben McLemore. And that's that took a lot of heat because uh, everybody said, oh, why don't, yeah. that's another guy that is just so full of potential. You cannot judge what any player's done in Sacramento. That place has been a tire fire. So yeah. you got to look and see if you can get anything out of him. And really all you need out of that role, if you could get – eight to 10 points, two or three assists, a couple of rebounds in consistency, like a, like, like Courtney Lee used to bring to that role. If you had that player there, not a superstar, but just somebody to fill that role, that's all you need in that position for us. Cause Mike and Mark will take care of the rest. And then if you get one other guy to step up, you'll be okay. So you naturally went to where I was going to go next, which was shooting guard. And I, I think that sort of baseline that you laid out like eight to 10 points, um, maybe like mid to high thirties from three. I think that's absolutely still within Ben McElmore's grasp. I, I, I was always high on him. One of the things you do, you know, of course, is and that's the, one of the reasons I love Utah so much. When we play them, I watch their players and I'm like, wow, that guy really has skills. And you just don't, you know, you don't see them on sports center all the time. You don't, you don't read articles on them, but if you watch, you're like, that guy's really good. He does uh-huh. the stuff, you know, he does the stuff that, you know, he's tipping the ball. He's always in the passing lane. Uh, you know, he's always doing something. And you fall in love with players like that. McLemore always did that. He reminded me of a, a Wes Matthews or C.J. McCollum or, or one of those guys that just always got under your skin when you play against him. He's always in the passing lane. He's always, I'm like, they're looking up and they're calling his name. He scores two points. And I'm like, wow, he just hit three shots in a row. He's that kind of player you need that's not a big name guy. You know, we're not out here signing. We, we learned that on the Chandler Parsons $94 million deal. It, it, if it doesn't matter what you pay them, it's what productivity you get out of them. And I think we'll get that. And, and Fisdale has been excellent at getting more out of less. And that seems to be the move with this roster is we've got a lot of what ifs. We've got a lot of guys that are kind of maybe borderline NBA guys. But if anybody can get it out of them, this coaching staff can. Yeah, I still think there's plenty of potential there, and I agree with you. It's it's really hard to analyze somebody who spent their whole career in Sacramento. So I, it's it's tough. Yeah. It's definitely tough. You see, you know, that's it's this year. 
And since Jaeger's taken over, you can kind of see, I mean, they've kind of gone to the Grizzlies West and slowing it down. They're going to play that style uh, and, and mentor the young guys. But that's probably the most consistency they've had in the last 10 years. So you step in there, you just can't tell. And, and Isaiah Thomas, that uh, was, was a great example of that yeah. uh, out there because, uh, you know, just they pretty much just gave up on him and, and look what he's doing. So uh, I'm not saying Ben McLemore is anywhere in that universe, but if he can give you eight, 10 points consistently, you know, shoot 45% from the field. And like you said, anything over 32% from three points and he's taller than, than people give, you know, we had Troy Daniels here. The guy was a pure shooter, but he was too short to be a, a shooting guard you know, at, at six, three, he was just being towered over in the West with the shooting guards. His defense was just a liability and they kind of went away from him. They ended up trading him for a pick to Phoenix kind of deal in the off season, just because we just didn't have the roster spot for him. You just don't have roles on this team for specialty players. You've got too many guys you need to fill um, regular roles with. And yeah, Macklemore is a legit six, six. Um, I think he's, he's still a big thing with him is athleticism. He can fly. So I think there's a lot of upside there. Um, well, well, and there's things too, like he just had, you know, he just had his first child and, and things like that. And, and he's really, that seems to be that it, the great part about Memphis. Sure. That, that changes. That definitely puts a change in a, in a town like Memphis. You know, they're not, everybody's not going out. Everybody's not, it's not LA where they're going out every night trying to, they, they are, they're here. They play basketball. People recognize them in the community, but treat them with respect and don't don't really bother them. And people that come here, it's, sometimes it's hard to get free agents to come to a town like Memphis. But when they come, every one of them has loved it, and they've been the best. Like, hey man, you need to come. Yeah, come and play. You know, it's if you want to go to L.A. and do something, catch a plane and fly out there. It's, yeah, but this is this is a great area to come and play in. It's interesting you bring that up because that's that's kind of been the selling point um, that Utah's front office throws at free agents the last two or three years, like. You have kids. This is a good place to have a family where you actually you don't want the distractions of like the bigger markets. You're just here well, to take care it, of your family and play basketball. And Tony and Zach have both kept their houses here. Zach's kids are still in school here. It's it's a good you know they're not they're gonna when they retire they're gonna come back and live here. That's that's all you really need to that's know. Cool. They're gonna keep their house here. That's really really an awesome thing. They've really been a part of the community and enjoyed it. And the uh, young guys that come here, I got to spend some time with Tammy Rab, who's Ivan Rab's mom. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's from the Oakland area out in California. We're both Raiders fans, so we bonded immediately. <laughs> and uh, she's she's she really likes. She's like, this is, I, you know, I, I've never been really around here. I like I like the town. So we we took her out to a couple of places and, and showed her around. She 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 fit in right away. So she That's cool. just it's it's really awesome. Well, the other guy, so Roto World has Tyreek Evans listed as a shooting guard right now, and they have him as the starting shooting guard. I've I've always kind of liked him better at the three but uh, regardless of what position he plays that was a deal that I kind of liked for um, Memphis it seemed like he was finally starting to get his legs back underneath him last season I think there's still a lot of versatility there a guy who can really play make and rebound from the wing um, I, I think there's a chance he makes even more sense at the three than Chandler Parsons uh, he he does, and and of course you know he he played his college ball here, so everybody is very well aware of him. And and uh, the draft where we took the beat is is one where Chris Wallace always mentions that he wanted to take Tyreek Evans. He was very high on him, and and the owner came in and said we're taking the beat. So oh. at that time it's like, well, what are you going to do? Yeah. But he uh, he definitely is a good fit. He can bring the. That's another situation. And I saw it some of the Houston game. He, he can handle the ball really well. He can bring it up um, on on that. 
Hart. So are, are they going to play him at the three? Are they going to move Chandler? There, there's some talk about moving Chandler to the four and putting him on the on the, the with the second string guys. So I've thought about Chandler at the four quite a bit too. Well, it was it was funny on Twitter the other day with his shot. Someone said that uh, Chandler Parsons shot so flat that now Kyrie Irving believes in it. So and they, <laughs> <That's perfect. laughs> unfortunately, they were they were 100. His shot just does not that look thing right. Has it always confused oh. me. There's like a weird hitch in it. It's super oh. flat. But I mean, for, there was a few years there where he was really effective with it. That was that was it. But uh, let's uh, and and he was one of those guys when he played for somebody else. You're like, boy, I'd really love to have him here because he does what we need so bad. But it's it's been a struggle. The fans haven't turned on him completely yet, but he's he's got a lot he's got a lot to prove because it's it's and it's not just the 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 role. It's the money they have tied up in him because oh, yeah. it's really kept them. It, it's a lot of money. It's a max contract for him, and it's it's kind of had people just wanting anything out of him. So anything he can give them this year would be, would be great. He did. He, he definitely is uh, in the best shape he's been in. He's, he looks good. It just the shots, just not, not falling. So, and hopefully that's, and they're good shots. So, you know, a shooter eventually is going to fall. We had the, uh, there was a great story on Courtney Lee a few years ago that, that he was missing his shots when he, uh, after he uh, came out of Houston and he was missing his shots a little bit. So he had worked and he, he talked about a strange release on a shot, the way he cocks his elbow out. Yeah. You never, but, but he went back to his, his original, you know, they kept trying to tweak his shooting style and he went back to his original shooting coach and you could tell the difference. He went back, he started making that and ended up making some good money with the Knicks. So um, definitely there. Tyreek's real advantage is he's going to be able to put the ball down, put that shoulder down, go to the, go to the rim and, and get some fouls. And yeah. if he can just hold up healthy, uh, if that we call the the Memphis roster a bunch of ifs, you know, we might we, we might be thirty wins, we might be forty five. There's, yeah, there's there's a lot of room in between concerns. there. Seriously, um, injury concerns and serious, you know, rookie young guy concerns. But it's exciting. It, it, I'd rather have. For years, it's kind of we we laughed. It's it, we would be arguing on who should be the starting. You know, who should be your starting power forward? Who should be your starting center? Well, now it's kind of like, okay, who's the last guy we want to cut off the roster? Who's the last guy that we want to move before we come in there? Do you want to move, uh, you know, which which guy, which direction are we going in? Yeah, that's a, that's certainly a nice uh, change of pace for you guys. Um, so I, was, I just looked up Chandler Parsons while you were talking about him. And from years two through four, uh, of his career he shot 38 and a half percent from three um and then I was also thinking when he was at Florida he was he wasn't really known as a scorer at all he was more of a point forward type guy and I think if you have lineups with him and Tyreek Evans on the floor together which like I said I think that's very possible I think that's a that's actually if they're healthy that's a good three four combo um now I'm envisioning like tons of spot-up looks from Mike Conley, who was already ridiculous offensively last season. If he gets even more easy shots, um, we could see another step up from him. Well, and there's already been talk about playing Mario with Mike, uh, even playing uh, maybe Harrison along with Mike, Tyreek beside Mike, and just the mismatches you can create. And that's that's why I'm excited. There's a, there's a lot of things. That, there's going to be some rough games. We're going to get beat by 25 points and just can't hit a shot some nights. But there's going to be some shocking games, I believe. They'll come out and they'll they'll take a team like Houston down. We play Golden State here uh, the opening weekend. Uh, we play New Orleans on opening night, then the next game's Golden State. The one time they come to town, it's going to be interesting to see how this team. I think it'll take teams a while to adjust to the to the new look Grizz and the offense they're going to run. They, you can tell Houston struggled with it. Houston 
Houston loves to run up and down, but they don't love to run up and down on defense. And there was yeah. just so many wide open shots and layups and and things that if you could convert, I mean, you're you're gonna you're gonna blow some people out, and they don't even know what happened to them. Well, I think if a lot of those sort of ancillary guys we've talked about are are healthy and and hit close to their ceiling, if you have those guys surrounding. I think you can make an argument that both Conley and Gasol are still top 20 players. I think it's pretty easy with Conley, actually. Um, two top 20 guys and you know four or five solid role players, that's, that's potentially a pretty good team. That's what you need. I mean, you're, 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 of course, you're looking up, and, and the West is just so stacked. But, yeah, it's crazy. You know, sure. my, my, my big argument is, okay, well, Golden State, Houston, um, you know, OKC, those teams are, are probably definitely in everybody's top three. Everybody else is going to beat everybody else up. So, yeah. you know, 42, 43 wins will probably – and people are like, wait a second. I'm like, no, if you look at it, 42 to 43 wins will probably get you in the playoffs this year because yeah. people are going to get beat up, and, and then you're going to be fighting for those uh, last few spots. And the, the one hard part is, you know, your teams are one ankle tweak away from – boy, the if you look at some of the bench strength, there's some of these teams have no benches, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. So that's a good segue. Um, one thing we've done with all these previews is um, I, I just kind of curious what your uh, best case scenario would look like for the team, and then we'll do worst case after that. But let's say everybody stays healthy. Uh, like we said, the role players kind of um, pan out, hit their potential this season. What do you think is like the high water mark in terms of wins and losses, and where they might finish in the the brutal Western Conference? <laughs> the the high mark the high mark would definitely be probably fourth or fifth spot. Uh, that would be just an overachieving reach to finish behind those three top teams and to, to fight it out. That I, I I don't really see that happening as much as probably the seventh or eighth spot fighting for that um, that spot towards the, the, the back of the pack. Uh, you just have unknowns in Minnesota. Are they going to play defense? Are they going to be as good as, as, uh, as I think they are? I looked down their bench the other day and was like, wow, they actually have some good role players on that bench. They, they look solid, but can Tibbs get these guys to do what they need to do without burning them out? It, it's, it's an exciting time to be a Timberwolves fan right now because there's a lot of what-ifs on their roster. But then, you know, I'm not sold on the Clippers. I'm not sold on those other teams. I'm, I, New Orleans has a, a, a fair starting lineup, but the injuries, they have nothing yeah. to back it up. So you're going to have so many teams fighting for the seventh or eighth. And it, it'll probably be like a couple of years ago when Portland overachieved. And and really, people were like, wow, Portland's, you know, up Where there. And they, from? Yeah, yeah. yeah, they came out of nowhere after, after losing Aldridge. And people were just shocked, thinking, you know, well, they're going to be in the 10th spot or something. And they... They overachieve. There's going to be a team that does that, and and the Grizzlies could very well do that. Worst case scenario, it goes south quickly. They they just don't want to play the new lineups. They just can't hit shots. They argue back and forth, and and, and they're in the lottery pick. But I just don't. Fizz is not going to let that happen. These coaches are are uh, Keith Smart's been on the, the the bench for a long time with him, Van Exel. Those guys are not going to let these guys fall apart they really do have the players confidence so they're going to work through it and like i said with the g league team we can send a guy down to get some minutes and keep him in the rotation so barring injuries barring you know mike mark or uh, one of the guys going down I, I just i see that seventh or eighth spot being in play and in and, and around 42 43 wins somewhere in there because i just don't see i don't see these 50 win te- there's not enough wins in the west with everybody being good they're going to beat each other up there's going to be a surprise team utah even this year with losing gordon hayward uh, people were a little down but 
they might who know you just don't know you just yeah. don't know till they play the games how they're how good they're going to be well they definitely kept their best player um so that's what i'm holding on to as a jazz fan um but i'm with well, you that's on it the- you know maybe you slow it down and do something there you yeah. just don't you just don't know i don't know about these teams they're in the back of the pack i mean you know the and everybody's down on the mavericks who knows they might they might be fighting for the ace spot you never you just don't know till they play the games yeah i agree with you I think I'm pretty much with you on the Grizzlies too. I think so. I, I I'm I'm with just about everybody in that it's going to be the Warriors, the Rockets, the Thunder, and uh, who did I not mention the Spurs as that top four? Spurs um, in that that top four range with Minnesota probably fighting for that fifth to sixth. And, and then, yeah, I then, was going to say I I'm pretty confident Minnesota will get to five. I understand people's concerns. Um, I think Wiggins is still a long ways off. I I think. Maybe there will be some fit issues with Towns and Butler, but I, I think I'm higher on Butler than most people, and that's kind of why I'm confident in them at five. But then after that, it's like six through 11 and maybe even 12 could just be this huge dogpile of teams. And I think it's it, definitely in there. It's going to be a spot. I, you could see this team finishing at, at, at 35 wins, or you could see this team finishing at 45 wins. It, it neither, and neither one would really surprise me. That's why it's kind of a – a crapshoot. I just I look for a, a big year out of Jermichael Green. I think that is something that you'll see his stats go up. He'll thrive in this more athletic offense and just the confidence they have in him. I think you know a guy like that, if he can get you four or five more points, a few more rebounds, Mark and Mike keep doing what they do, and you can get anything, anything out of a out of the the two guard. You you've got something. And I'm, I'm high on Selden. I, I think he's got all the skill set, and and they've really worked with him. He had a great summer league, of course, summer league, summer league. But you know, you'd rather your guy come out of summer league being one of the top four guys in summer league than come out going, "Whoa, what? Yeah. Boy, he was horrible." So yeah, I've always um, said you can learn more um, from a bad performance at summer league. So as long as exactly you avoid that, well, and you take Macklemore and you put him with Selden, and there's your there's your two guard combo. Maybe if one of them's not doing it, the other one can. And that's the one thing about Fizz that I do like. It doesn't matter if your name's Gasol or Con- if you're not doing it, he's going to try something else and say, "Listen, it's just not your night." And we're going to go. Well, let's let's put somebody else in there and see if they can do it. And that's been the biggest challenge we've had the last eight or ten years. Is well, you know, that I'm the starter. It's my spot. Well, you know, you're cold. You're missing it. You're you're pulling up. You're, you're obviously not 100 percent tonight. We we had no depth. We had nobody else to stick in. Or if you put somebody in, they hadn't played so many minutes in, in or zero minutes with their teammates. And you know the first play, they throw it in about the third row, and you're going, "Geez, what? <laughs> this is rough. This is very rough." Well, um, I think that 35 to 45, it's a big range, but I agree with you. I think it's I think both of those are very much um, in play. And unless we missed anybody or anything that you wanted to talk about, I think that pretty much wraps us up on the Grizzlies. That's 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 pretty much the the year and the feeling around. There's a lot of folks that are higher on them than not. I I just think it's going to be a, it's going to be definitely a team that if you haven't watched them, in their own uh, a, a ESPN or somewhere you can TNT on a, a game you can pick up, flip it over and watch a few minutes of them because it's it's a definitely up pace, more exciting team to watch than what you've seen in the last five or six years. It's a completely different team actually. So when you watch it, you'll be like, wow, this is. This is a little different. Like they're not they're shooting in 14 seconds on the clock instead of taking it down to three with 14 Zebo drop steps, you know, and just <laughs> grinding it down. So it's it's going to be a different 
different season, but uh, you know it'll be good. It's a lot, definitely a lot more fun to watch than the mud games we're used to around here. Well, I'm certainly excited to tune in to a few, and um, thanks again for joining me, Jason. That was some excellent insight into the Grizzlies. Uh, remind the listeners where they can find you on Twitter and around the internet. We're at uh, Three Shades of Blue on uh, on Twitter, and uh, of course, threeshadesofblue.com, and and we're the oldest blog for the Grizzlies. Been been there since '07, which in in blog world, after ten years, you're a dinosaur. Yeah. So we've <laughs> we've been around a while, and that's that's the best place to, to find us. And I'm I'm Fletch at Beauregard Jones on on Twitter, and uh, we take a lot of pictures of the games, put a lot of stuff, see a lot of the players and things. So we always have something interesting and a little unique on on Twitter, away from a lot of the local stuff you see. So. Well, I would definitely vouch uh, for all of that. Not only is Three Shades of Blue like the OG blog, it's it's a very good one too. Um, so thanks again for having us or <laughs> for coming on with us, Jason. Um, as always, you can follow me on Twitter as well at Andrew D. Bailey. Dan is at Dan Favalli. The show is at Hardwood Knox. And leave us a review or uh, subscribe, rating, whatever you can do. That all helps. And uh, until next time, we leave you with the shout out that we do every episode much to Dan's chagrin the shout out to Bino Udri all right thanks again Jason <laughs> my buddy Benno <laughs> I love him he's my favorite um yeah he was a grizzly for a while wasn't he oh yeah he uh well, boy he, he's he's a, he's the greatest dude I love that guy so his his brother and I have become friends so when Samo's in town he still comes around and Benno still comes to town every once in a while we'll we'll all go out <laughs> he's a cool. great dude he's we, a great uh, dude it was like three years ago when we first started this show uh, me and Dan got in a big argument in one episode about who was better between Bino Udri and Trey Burke and I was saying Bino Udri and he was saying Trey Burke and obviously that uh that played out more in my favor. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> consistency. With Benno, we can get the foot injuries. I mean, just consistency and team player. You wouldn't. Uh, you can't find anybody better, better yeah. than him. He was a. He was great. We miss him, but uh, you know, hopefully he heals up and makes his roster spot with Detroit. All right, Jason. Thanks again. Thank you, buddy. Um, I don't know exactly when this will be up. I have to kind of coordinate with Dan on when other stuff is scheduled, but I'll let you know. Sure. Yeah, let me know. I'll push it on our side too. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Thank you, buddy. Have a good one. Covered California knows that one moment can change your life. That moment you say, I do. That moment you meet your baby for the first time. Or even that moment you lose your job and your health insurance along with it. For those times when life changes, we've got you covered. Covered California lets you choose from brand name health plans. And you may even get help paying for it. Your enrollment period is limited. So find out if you qualify by getting free expert help at CoveredCA.com today. Covered California. It's more than just health care. It's life care. Five-hour tea with caffeine from green tea leaves. It's delicious, energizing, and comes in three amazing flavors. With zero sugar and four calories, it fits your life. With its compact size and portability, it goes where you go. To the campsite, the hiking trail, the beach, without weighing you down. Five-hour tea. Caffeine from green tea leaves. Release your natural sight. From the makers of five-hour energy. For more information, visit fivehourenergy.com. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.